Ball spa. You want good words? Data language. Talk real sports with a real man. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. And now, here's the be all, end all, know it all of high school, college, and pro sports. Aaron Skinny Cow with the Skinny on Sports. We're talking about practice, man. I'm the MVP. Good. Garrison Financial Friday out there, Western Oklahoma. Welcome to the Skinny on Sports right here on 98.1 FM, the sports animal. It is high school football playoff day. Also, Veterans Day tomorrow. Those two things going hand in hand. I know a bunch of locations around the state, including right here in Elk City. If you flash your military ID, you get into the game tonight for free at Big Elk Stadium. We obviously you know, thank our veterans all on, on Twitter this morning. You know, one of the junior high coaches and the guy that helps out with the high school, Coach Green, he's a veteran hmm. wrestling coach. I mean, he's uh, – thank you to all those, my father-in-law, everybody. You know, everybody knows tons and yeah. tons of veterans. And so, uh, you know, it kind of st- stinks that November 11th is on a Saturday because it – I don't know. It's like you don't get your full day, even though people are off work today. All the federal workers are off sure. work today. Yeah. But yeah, it, it does kind of stink. But kind of stinks. But maybe it works out great because tomorrow, since it is a Saturday, I know I heard on on these airwaves there was a commercial about uh, veterans being able to come and eat for free tomorrow at oh, certain yeah, times. Oh yeah, sure and that's there's, happened. There's lots of things. And yeah, what's well, cool too, you know, college football. I'm sure all over the country yeah. will have some great stuff happening. Cool flyovers, maybe some cool uniforms being worn. That's stuff so. like that. Yeah. Now I would fully expect to see. Right here, the uh, the camo version of the brown jerseys tonight oh, for the Big that, Elk. That would be cool. I, I would, those are my favorite for some reason. I would I really fully like expect those. it. And going back and looking at last year's game, yeah, against and it's always you know the first week is always right there, and they wore them. So I, I would I would imagine we'd see that tonight, right here at Big Elk Stadium. Coming up <clears throat> on the show today, we don't have Scott. He had he was telling he was what? telling me about this. Um, it was Wednesday night, maybe. I had no clue until we got I'd that text him, last night. I'd seen him at the golf course, and he said, well, I'm not going to be there Friday. And he had a foot surgery. It sounded like they – it sounded to me like they were going to break a bunch of stuff to try to make it better. Yeah, it sounded like they're going to amputate. <laughs> yeah. <it was laughs> the way just, he read that like, out, wow. like, what is going on? What did I miss? Yeah, so Scotty G, not here today. We'll try to take up the slack for him. All right, the NFL. Is it just me? And maybe it's the prisoner of the moment from last night's just debacle of a football game. Oh, my goodness. What a joke. But does it seem to you that there are more and more bad games each week? You know, we, we get that. I think we could really dive into it, but I think it's I think just, I know why. Okay. I think it's happening, and I think I know why. Because, like, even last week. I think I do too, but I'd like to hear why you think too. So, you notice. know, last week we got what? Cowboys Eagles on Sunday, yeah. But you know, there, there was like a couple of big time marquee mm-hmm. matchups. But when you really looked at everything else, it was pretty bad. I mean, what was the Sunday night game? Chargers Bears. Yeah, not not good. The Monday night game. It was uh, wait, wait, wait. It was Chargers Jets. Was that this week? I think Chargers Bears might have been last week. Anyway, I mean. Bad. 
This yes. week, Jets Raiders Sunday night. What? Uh, no. Jets Raiders Sunday night. Of course, Jets are going to be involved in a bunch of this because of Aaron Rodgers, and then now that's not the case anymore. Although maybe soon. It's crazy. What well, that is. In there. Oh, I know. I've heard heard rumblings about that too. But so, you know, these are all predetermined before the season yeah, starts. Yeah, there, there's Based flex on, capabilities. Yeah, yeah. More than ever, and I know that one had when a chance. The, really? That one had a really? chance to be flexed, and they decided. Not okay. To do it. But that just goes to show you, in my mind, there wasn't another game valuable enough for NBC to waste its time flexing. And when you look right. at the schedule, this it's just yeah. Anyhow, we can talk that. College football, Oklahoma State, can they keep it rolling? You know, they have, when you look at the pot, all the plethora of tiebreak possibilities, mm-hmm. they are in great shape in almost all of them. For the Big 12. For the Big 12 title yeah, game. Yeah. Essentially, if they just don't lose two of their last three against Houston, UCF, and BYU, they're in. They're going to Arlington. But can they keep it rolling? Can they keep going uh, against UCF? That number, the, the the line is baffling to most people at how small it is. Why? Why is that when you've got the nation's leading rusher against one of the worst rush defenses in the entire country? Talk there. What's Oklahoma's mindset? Is it woe is me or is it more what we saw from Drake Stoops this week? How much does the, the team feel like he does versus, well, there's nothing to really play for anymore? Will Jim Harbaugh coach on Saturday? Have you seen some of this stuff this morning? Seeing there's going to be some kind of a response. Some Something's going to happen 10. maybe this afternoon. We're looking at uh, some different tweets from this morning with people that have been tied in pretty closely with the Big Ten stuff. And three-game suspension, which would be the rest of their regular season, correct? And that means no Ohio State for him? So he'd miss Penn State and Ohio State when the when the Wolverines finally play teams with that are ranked with winning. Yeah, Penn State, Maryland, and Ohio State. So if that is a three-game suspension, that means he would be suspended for seven of the twelve this year. This <laughs> is pretty wild. But it would that would that uh, appease everybody around the country. And then the other games, the other good ones coming up on uh, on Saturday. And then of course high school football tonight. 4A1 games, Elk City versus Newcastle here, Clinton versus Bethany over in Clinton. Weatherford travels to Tuttle, Cash at Blanchard. We'll make our picks for 4A. What do you think? Like, I was thinking like semifinals to finals and a champ. Well, yeah, that, that sums up. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we'll we talk about We don't need to pick it. all the games tonight, but I like that. Semifinals, finals, and okay. champ. Good we'll, idea. We'll talk about the games tonight. Tough task for Hollis headed to Oklahoma Bible Academy. And there's also some high school hoops on the docket this evening as well. 225-9698 is the phone or the text line. That is 225-9698. Give us a call, shoot us a text. We can talk about any of those things. Whatever else might be on your mind, feel free to chime right in. 225-9698. If you're going to be outside of the listening area one of these days, you want to stay in touch with us live, simple. Log on to kadsam.com or even better probably, download the app. The app is free to download, and it's got everything right there at your fingertips. Radio, Penny News, Big Elk and Paragon TV. we got the Elks tonight at 7, hosting Newcastle. Hollis goes on the road in, in football action. Class B playoffs at in Enid at Oklahoma Bible Academy, and I mentioned there's a bunch of basketball on Big Elk TV as well. 
And then, of course, Skinny on Sports Podcast. If you missed the show entirely, you can find it anywhere. How are you today, Jared? Very good. Very good. Excited to get it going tonight. Do you know the history of Veterans Day? Uh, no. Yes. Why? When? How? God, I, I, you've quizzed me on this before, I'm pretty sure. November 11th, 11th hour, 11th day. Uh, it's when World War One. Yeah, so uh, uh, ended, right? Yeah, so 11, 11, 18, 19, 18. Uh huh. Yes, in the 11th hours when World War One, the armistice was signed, and it began on 11, 11 of 19 with Armistice Day. Right, which would turn into which June 1st, 1954 turned into the federal holiday that we now know as Veterans Day. Very good. Yep. So it all goes. It, it start the tie back starts with the laying down of the arms in World War One on November eleventh of nineteen eighteen. And as you mentioned, you even got the eleventh hour correct. Yeah, <clears throat> and the eleventh hour, the eleventh day, and the eleventh month. Uh, great movie. Only reason I remembered that was a, there's a great movie. Uh, all All's Quiet on the Western Front, the adaptation on Netflix, the latest one. Pretty, pretty, really good. It, it was actually. Uh, filmed, you know, because it's from the viewpoint of a German sh- soldier. Okay, and you know, if if you've read the book, I mean, the book's been out forever, and um, you know, I won't give it. Well, if you, sorry, if you haven't read the book or seen the movie, where have you been? Because it's been out way even before World War II. The book has, but that follows one soldier all the way through his process of enlisting and everything, and it's brutal because when they you get to the eleventh hour, eleventh day, and there's like you hear everybody just and they're fighting. He's in, you know, he's in the trenches and fighting, and you hear whistles like, "Okay, that's it, everybody drop." I mean, and every, and then right, I mean, he gets shot, and then the whistle. Oh I mean, no! And he was that close, and then it's crazy because everyone just, just, oh, okay, we're done, and they just drop their arms and they just looked like, "That's it." I mean, I just, you think in the in the mindset of a war, who cares about a little whistle? It was crazy, but great movie. I'd suggest it. I recommend it. And, um, but yeah, this a very, very special weekend this weekend. And I'm with you, man. I mean, how many times have you seen someone with a veteran's hat on, you know, uh, like Vietnam, like they've, you know, shows what war they've served in and, uh, you just want to just shake their hand at the very least or buy them a tank of gas or buy them their meal or something. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. They are. They've earned that at the, if not a lot more, but I mean, this, it's uh very, yeah. If you like freedom, th- go think a what's the saying? If you like freedom, go think a veteran. Mm-hmm. No doubt about it. So that's uh, coming up tomorrow. All here in Elk City, you can get into the football game for free as a veteran. Just flash your military ID, and you will be able to watch the Big Elks in Newcastle for free in the first round of the playoffs tonight. Speaking of that, man, it's a rematch of last year's first round, in which uh, the Elks won twenty-eight twenty-one. It was a game that. And Newcastle led a bunch of the first half, seven to six. The I remember one of the bigger plays in the game. They had a chance to make that a two-score lead, or maybe tie it back up at fourteen. They dropped the pass that was an easy walk-in touchdown, like on a, the near side sideline. Mm-hmm. Um, the Elks put together a drive up twenty-one fourteen. Put together a drive in the fourth quarter. Um, the first time we saw Logan Webb was in the midst of that drive, completing that jump pass on a fake punt that then eventually led 
to a touchdown that made it 28-14 with just a couple of minutes left. Newcastle did score like 20-something seconds left in the game. The Elks recovered an onside kick, and that was it. Uh, The Elks went 28-21 a year ago. These two, this will be the 10th straight season they've met. The first eight were all in district play. And then they split the first eight. And then, of course, the ninth game was that playoffs last year. So they've met met nine straight now. going to be ten straight seasons, eight as district opponents, and now these last two in the playoffs. We've watched, obviously, all ten weeks of of the Big Elks and and how they've kind of progressed through the season. For you, what what kind of sense do you get of where this team is and, and what the ceiling could be moving forward through the playoffs for them. Well, I think they're getting healthier. It definitely helps that Garbarino is back and he got some reps and get back or got back into rhythm. I I think it's going to benefit the Big Elks. His defense will benefit uh, um, the Big Elks if he's back at 100%. I mean, because, you know, like Coach Maynard has said, there's, what, about a half a dozen guys who can carry the football, including him, and he's he's definitely effective. Uh, but I like how you know the defense wins championships. So, and that's what Newcastle can present is some problems offensively. So I I, I like that uh, he could be back hopefully at a hundred percent in the secondary. Um, but yeah, this one you got to be weary because Newcastle is they're thinking we had every opportunity, a lot of opportunities to win that game last year, couldn't do it, and now they get to come back to. Elk City, they basically bring a lot of the same players back. They're clearly very good, and they're, they've got revenge, redemption, vindicate, whatever you want to call it, on their mind. So Elk City, uh, you know, that's kind of been a theme all year is that they've they've turned into that team that has a target on their back. You know, they, they're not the homecoming game anymore. That's gone. They've turned, you know, after two straight semifinal appearances, everyone's taking notice, and they're going to bring their A game to you so i've said this all year that's when elk city needs to have that fighter's mentality and throw that first punch and uh it's going to have to happen tonight at home get that crowd into it it should be a lot of fun this game is going to be tight i think it's going to be physical and fun right there in the on the in the trenches and who's who cannot who can make the least mistakes and who's and where's that big play going to come from because that could that one big play in this game could be the difference yeah, Newcastle's an interesting team because when you watch them, <clears throat> I've watched a bunch of their games so far this year, they, they feel like one of those – it almost feels like a basketball team in that they have the ability – they're like really streaky, like super duper you – know, you know how you see those basketball teams that will go miss, 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 and all of a sudden it's like 10 in a row in a blink of an eye. They're kind of like that on the football field. You know, mm-hmm. even last week in that game against Bethany, you watch them for the first half and you're going, they can't get a first down. They can't get a yard. But then all of a sudden they make a big play and then boom, there it goes. And, and next thing you know, like we were kind of watching that game, it was 7 nothing, then it was 7-7. Then Newcastle scored toward the end of the third quarter and made it 14-7. We, you know, what, a series or two in front of us finishing up the game. Yeah. And we look up, it's 35-7. to seven. Yeah. I remember like, asking, well, what's yeah. the score? And you tell them, what happened? Right. And, and they, it was 7-7 like 10 minutes ago. That's right. They've had that ability. And so, you know, there there is that. I think the I think the beginning of this game is big time for the Elks to establish the way the game is going to go. And that is going to be in your face, smash your mouth, and sl- like way slower 
pace than maybe they, what the racers yeah. want to play. Yeah. Um, when you look at their offense, uh, Newcastle brings back Jackson Burt, the quarterback, from a year ago. Um, he completes almost 60% of his passes. I think he's thrown nine touchdowns and only three interceptions. Watching them, they're, they've been susceptible just a little bit to drops. They've got some, some younger guys out there, two what I assume are twins. Uh, Lane, they're both freshmen. They're both about the same size. One of them's Jordan, one of them's Jalen. I assume that's probably twins, or you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It'd be hard for it not because they're both they're they're both freshmen. Uh, but they've got guys. Heskew can make you miss on the outside if you get it in his hands. Uh, Aiden Schumard seems like they've had a Schumard on their team forever, and there's still a bunch more coming on that roster. Clear down to I think one of the one of them maybe a sophomore or freshman. He's a senior on the outside but then it's Bradford TJ Bradford the running back we saw a little bit of him last year but not a ton because he was a freshman now he's a sophomore he's run for just under a thousand yards scored 14 touchdowns hasn't fumbled the ball so that's you know that's pretty reliable for a young guy like that as a sophomore on the offense Newcastle will spread you out and they don't they don't mind throwing it around but I do think they would rather spread you to run it than necessarily just fling it all around mm-hmm. like a like a Mike, Mike Leach style of offense yeah you've always heard run sets up the pass well in this case they like to set up the run I think you're right and uh what takes what impresses me about Newcastle is obviously their their experience and then their their physicality I think they're real physical from from the little film I've seen and um that's where I think I mean Elksy's not afraid to get physical with somebody and that's why I get juiced up for a game like this they're not afraid to, to you know they've they've been in physical battles with Weatherford and Clinton and and even the teams that uh, those tougher teams like Carl Albert and and Canadian Canadian was physical too and for for a good chunk of that first half Elk City was being right there physical. Did you right see there what they did them. last night? It's Canadian. Yeah. No, I've haven't really. Sixty-two keep... nothing at halftime against Leveland. Come on, man. They have rolled yeah, people well, up. They've been set up to do that. This mm-hmm. they they they're a good team. We saw that. To your no, point. I'm excited though, but with the the physical, the physical, you know, I like that because we've gone to this this era of football of finesse, and look how that's working in USC. I mean, you know what I mean? It's I like that we're not going away from that, especially here. That's what Coach Maynard has instilled in this guy, in these guys. Is you can't win a football game with you have to be physical. Newcastle's going to be physical. It, that I'm that's what I'm going to really key on key in on tonight is uh, the trenches there. They returned the entire offensive line from a year ago. Um, Newcastle does. It was, I think, three juniors and two sophomores a year ago, so that means it's three seniors and two juniors this year. Yeah, this is a team. I mean, we, we talked about Newcastle right here on the show clear back in August when you're kind of looking at the preseason rankings and looking at you know who could be good here, who could be good there. And it was uh, it, w- it was wild. Yeah, and then like Sam said right here on the uh, the text line, it was. It was Bryce's senior year, Bryce Harrison's senior year, right here on this field. 2017, I think, was actually the year the game was played because those guys, I think, were 2018 graduates. Anyhow, Casey Thompson was on the field, which is crazy. He's, oh, still, yeah, playing, that... he's still playing college football. <laughs> but he was here. His brother was Where's here. He's like seventh school now? Where is it, he at now? Uh, he was, he, uh, FAU. Down FAU? there with uh, Herman, with Tom Herman. Anyhow, and he got he tore his ACL, and so he may he may petition to get another year next oh year. Goodness. It's pretty crazy, but anyway, yeah, uh, eighty four to seventy was the final of that game. Oh, I remember that. It was seventy seven seventy. The Elks were up with like a minute left, 
and the only mistake anybody made on offense the entire night, and it was one where it was a desperation play. It wasn't just a you know it, it was down to third and I don't know fifteen with ten seconds left or something like that. And uh, Chipper Skelton picked him off and took it all the way, but uh, like eighty five yards back the other way for a touchdown, and that made the final score eighty four to seventy. And even then, up two scores with like literally fifteen seconds left, there was just a little bit of a wonder, like okay. How long would it take him to throw an 80-yard touchdown pass, get an onside kick, and then throw a Hail Mary? Like, that's how – That's how that game was going. That's how it went. Yeah. The, the, the entirety. So the, It's like – remember that game NFL Blitz? <laughs> you could score, like, on one, two, two-play drives. That's how that game that's went. Way it was how long was – I mean, what time did you get out of there? I know that, you know, back then, as soon as we got done – and that was a TV game. That was the first year we a was big the first TV. Year of big, yeah. And so we, we, you know, there was more stuff to to put up, I guess, or or rig down. But I do remember because Friday night finals was ten to eleven, uh-huh. and we called every called in reports. Sean started that years and years and years ago, and so I, I would do it too. And I remember I called them before I got here, so and can- and they were like. We have been waiting on you to call. What in the world? <laughs> like you know, and, and I think it was like literally like ten till ten, 10 till ten eleven. Till, yeah. When when I because and they're like, oh my gosh, thanks. Like you know, you could obviously I could hear them as I went on the air. Yeah. And they're like, this is the call we've been waiting for all night. <laughs> you know, and like we were afraid we we're going to miss you because the game was taking so long. So yeah, it was probably it probably wrapped up about ten thirty. It's probably a four and a half hour or three and a half hour actual game. I bet you were just as exhausted as those players were. That's, it was you know, that's kind of a game. It's like when OU and Tech played that classic game. I felt exhausted at the end of that. It game. It was wild. There's yeah. no doubt about it. It was it was a wild, wild affair uh, that night. Right, and I was right here at Big Elk Stadium. Um, and that was a game. You remember that was the game that we did like the game day thing. That was, that was we did that yeah, pregame. We did show. like the pregame kind of game day ish. Yep. Set up. Yep, and, and my man Trey came down. Yeah, and I wasn't on the broadcast then. I was not a part of it, and I was just working here. And I helped you with. We did the we did the pregame mm-hmm. show, which which is a lot of fun. And I think I accurately predicted that the racers are going to go all over the field, but the Big Elks are going to win, and that's well, kind of what happened. And that was that was, if I remember right, that was the game that put Elk City in the playoffs for the first time in yeah. like a decade. Yeah, yeah. Was winning that had to win that game, and and sure enough, it, it took a while, and it took a whole boatload of points, but it it did happen. I would be shocked to death if there was any, anything tonight oh. even mildly resembling what we saw that uh, night. Totally two different teams, way different teams since then. I now. just know that was the first time, you know, because back when when it hasn't been a decade. I mean, it's a couple decades ago, but the game is more like what you see, you know, the the teams we grew up watching mm-hmm. or or you know even high school with Elk City with coach Roof and obviously coach Lee over at Clinton what you got to watch it was a lot more of this style that Elk oh, City yeah. plays than it was that style that both of those teams were playing at that time 100% and and that was the first i think that was the first time i saw with my own eyes like live a quarterback like that in high school yeah you know what I mean? Yeah. Because you just didn't – you might see a play action. You know, Jay would make throw it 50 yards down the field. We did it about twice a, twice a game. Mm-hmm. Now, this was let it rip, man. Go, <laughs> I go. mean, get it out there and yep. let it go. Yep. And it was it was fascinating to see the execution of that for the first time in a high school game. 
And then a couple years later, well, last year and this year, we got to see the the epitome of what people try to do, and that's Canadian with the way that they they execute at that warp speed. It is amazing. Yeah. That they are able to do that, but uh, anyhow, yeah, that was a wild game. There's no doubt about it. Eighty-four to seventy that night, right here in Big Oak City. What else do you see around the district? Um, if I, I asked you this yesterday, gave you time time to think of it or think on it. Four A one versus four A two. Yeah, this is a tough question. of the four games. How do you see the the district break down with wins? Man, I I, I guess it the, the bad taste of uh, the loss that Clinton took against Cash, and I know they went and rebounded against Woodward and won the district and everything, but it's like what Clinton team's going to show up? But I you know after sleeping on it, it is at the Tornado Bowl. This is not a Bethany team that was kind of a high octane offense. I mean they're they're the who who what was his name um, Taylor Heim. Yeah, he's gone. He was a big reason why they had a lot of success the last, what, four years. I mean, it seemed like he was on that team forever. You mentioned a guy who's played football for a long time for one team or, or at one level. But uh, – and then I think Clinton protects the bowl. I think they win it. it. I was kind of on the fence about it. But this is a new season. I think the the cash loss might have been a good thing for him to wake up say, anybody can beat you on any given night. You can't just show up. So I think they show up tonight – um cash that's a tough one against blanchard uh blanchard i know we have that listed as a dark horse i'll i've been i've already revealed that i think blanchard is a dark horse in this thing i i don't give cash much of a chance against blanchard uh tuttle and weatherford is a could be one i'm i'm really gonna i mean i might have it on my phone on the side just to keep an eye on it because i mean the way weatherford plays the talent that they have nixon obviously that is uh that could give Tuttle some problems. There's been rumblings of Tuttle, maybe not as good as they have been, but they are what ranked fourth according to the AP. So still a top five team. It's at Tuttle. Uh, the the question mark for me though is the quarterback play at Weatherford. I'm not knocking the kid that's come in, but um, now not, how much how much more comfortable is is he yeah, now than he was that, two good, weeks or true. three weeks that's ago true. against us? That's true. He has settled. And then there's some say he he throws the ball really nice. It's just he has to hit his targets. That one I that one's going to be tough, but. I'm going with the home team slightly. I know you're going the other way. I'm going with Tuttle. And then our game. Man. Again, I'm excited. It's Really, I'm down the middle on this. I, I Because it's at home and because Elk City, it's, it's like a success thing. They've, they've had recent success against Newcastle. And they're not going to be intimidated. I don't care what Newcastle's done to other opponents. I think, New, I think Elk City... Uh, pulls it off. I think they get the win, but I think this is going to be a thing where, and I think they win it with a late defensive stop. So give me Elk City. So I think three and one. This is me sleeping. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Three and one. Oh, I'm sorry. Two and two. I'm sorry. I did pick um, Tuttle. My okay. bad. Two and two. My apologies. I'll go three and one. You're going. I, you're going with the try. The I forty trio. I and, think Weatherford's going to beat Tuttle. I really do. Okay. I think Weatherford's. Gonna I can beat Tuttle. see it. I really can. I can see it, and this is probably it's just something about Tuttle. It's like this I, is unfair to them because of of what Clinton was two years ago and what they became two years ago behind Powell. But man, are we sure? That's that's the thing about the Newcastle matchup is I am pretty sure they can they can handle the physicality, but I don't know about Tuttle. Because we'll think about Weatherford. 
I mean, what, you, we talk about the offense, and it just kind of hasn't clicked really. But their defense has been dang good all year long. That's the thing about Tuttle. All year. They haven't shook that loss to Clinton in that title game because it looked like Clinton just came out and was more physical against them. Just manhandled them. And then there's this there's this been kind of that kind of that aura is like, well, if a team goes in and punches Tuttle in the mouth, they don't know how to it might, Maybe. I don't know. Is it a is it a culture thing that they, they just I don't know. Is it slipping because they just think, Well, we're Tuttle, we're gonna win these games no matter what. And then a team comes in like Clinton's and just throws them all over the yard. If Weatherford does that, yeah, I that they have. I a think Weatherford's. That's the one thing about the three teams is they, it's not pretty. There's times where all three offenses have struggled, mm-hmm. but they're physical, and they're they're going to win the hitting game, or that's going to be the whole. They're goal. not afraid to hit you. No, they're not. No. And defensively, I think all three of those teams are really good defensively, and can and can cause problems. Uh, by taking away what you want to do the best. I, I think we've seen that in the games they played each other, and I think you've seen that in the games that they played. You know, Weatherford, you, you look back at 34-14, lost to, to Newcastle. It was the first game of the year. It was a long time ago. You know, now, 4A1 is 1-5 uh, against 4A2 this season. Only two games were between teams that made the playoffs. Yeah, Tuttle whip, that's the Tuttle real whip cash and and when Newcastle whipped Weatherford and that first, it was all but it was all in week zero. That's a long, long, long time ago. What about other games? Do anything intrigue you with the other games? A lot of people Salisaw, Salisaw, Salisaw Cushing. Cushing. A lot of people are kind of leaning Salisaw. I don't think so. I don't either. No, I think I think there's I think there are three premier games in four A this week. Right here in Tuttle and Salisaw Cushing. Hmm. I think those are the three you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. You don't expect the district champ to lose. It, it, the familiarity, I think, is kind of weird with Clinton and Bethany because they were in the same district for a few years. Haven't been, but they played last year. It's like same thing with Newcastle and Elk. A little they bit. were in the same yeah. district and they played in playoffs out of district. Yeah. It's, I mean, but, you know, I I think those are the three. But everyone, yeah. Everything else, I think you look at it, it's pretty well chalked. Wagner should be fine. Ada should be fine. Poto should be fine. Yeah. I think those are the three kind of swing games where you wouldn't be surprised if either team won. Man, tough tough ask for Hollis on the road at Enid tonight against Oklahoma Bible Academy. OBA's been top six basically all season long. And so uh, see if the Tigers can shake off what happened last week with just a beat down from Turpin at 46 to nothing. Get that get that bad taste out of their mouth, go on the road, and, and see if they can't get an upset tonight. And got to the playoffs. OBA. Yeah, got to the playoffs. And get yourself in the playoffs – who knows what could happen? Who knows? High school hoops tonight as well. Paragon TV. So Hollis and Elk City, the football games both at 7. Paragon TV for Hollis, obviously Big Elk TV for the Elks. And then also on Paragon TV, we talked yet it was yesterday the day before about kind of the 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 high school teams early on that have that have impressed. Well, they play each other tonight. Yeah. Canute going to Sentinel. Those girls teams have gotten some pretty good wins so far. Uh, it's actually a nice it's a it's pretty nice uh, schedule tonight on the girls side especially canute at sentinel cheyenne goes to leedy that should be a pretty good game too homecoming at leedy yeah it is homecoming i heard fun. that and then uh eric and hammond no uh, no 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 uh they're eric's not playing tonight okay they they've there's a oh with the uh, yeah 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 so they're with not a the tragedy they're, they're not going to go they're okay. not playing tonight okay so, so that's all i'm sorry i'm at the take that, that one off the schedule yeah. 
So it's just the two. I think they will reschedule, I think. Yeah. I'm not sure. Later on down when somebody's when you got some time. Right. So Canute Sentinel, Cheyenne Leedy. Those are six thirty for the girls. After that, normally about eight for the boys. High school stuff, man. It's here. It is wall to wall. Well, seventh grade basketball yesterday. Yeah. Didn't go well. Oh. Didn't go well for the, the Elks. Both boys teams got beat by Woodward. Wyatt said he saw the best basketball player he's ever seen. Eighth grader at Woodward. Oh, yeah. He told me he's 6'7". I don't know if I believe he's that tall. <laughs> I'll be back. Hello, my name is Scott Garrison. You may remember me as Scott the Barber or just as Ron and Carla's son. I've been involved in our community since opening Scott's Barbershop on the southeast corner of 3rd and Main in 1998. Now I'm back in the same building as Garrison Financial. I started investing in my 20s. I invested through the dot-com crash and the Great Recession. I started caring for other people's money in 2018, and I truly enjoy sitting down with my clients, understanding their wants and needs, as well as what keeps them up at night. Whether my friends just want me to invest a little of their savings or want me to work with their tax and legal professionals to strive towards optimal efficiency, we can do it all. I believe communication is key to helping my clients reach their goals. For if we are faithful over a few things, we shall be given more. Contact me at scott at soonerwealth.com. Securities offered through registered representatives of Cambridge Investment Research, Inc., a broker-dealer member FINRA and SIPC. Advisory services offered through Cambridge Investment Research Advisors, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Garrison Financial and Cambridge are not affiliated. This communication is strictly intended for individuals residing in the states of Colorado, Nevada, Oklahoma, and Texas. No offers may be made or accepted from any resident outside the specific states referenced. Cambridge does not offer tax and legal advice. The Skinny on Sports. Yeah, they say this guy scratches himself better than he throws a ball. Welcome back. Skinny on Sports, 98.1 FM, the sports animal. It's a Garrison Financial Friday. Scott couldn't be with us today, uh, but... Get better, Scott. Yeah, get better, buddy. Get better. I about called him Hop Along last night. <laughs> He'll be hopping around for a little bit, I wonder, I, think. If, I wonder if they just smashed all those toes with like a hammer. Man. He Get was him back in the realigned. list of that. I mean, I was reading that just cringing. Like, what yeah. is going on? It's all that soccer. <laughs> all that soccer he played. Hurt his foot, <laughs> kicking the ball all those years. Take lessons, old men, old men out there. <laughs> uh, Garrison Financial. It's uh, 124 North Main right here in Elk City. Scott is a full financial planner. Shops the open market and bring you the best value on your life insurance and your investments. He can either manage everything, or if you're one of those people that likes to 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 dabble in or or control and and kind of play the market, but you just don't know how to get started, he'll charge you hourly to build you a plan, and then from there you can manage it, kind of get you along the path to follow the yellow brick road. Scott at SoonerWealth.com, one twenty four North Main is his address, and then eight two one one two one nine is his office phone number. College football this weekend, Jared. Question, is Jim Harbaugh going to be the coach at the at Michigan tomorrow in Happy Valley against Penn State? Will he be Will on he the sidelines? Will he be on the sidelines, what you're asking? He'll still be employed, but – oh, man. Yeah, again, rumors, if you haven't seen, that they're uh, – Heather Denich, who is A-OK on my list, is reporting that something's going down this afternoon. Now, what that is, I don't know. I think – I'm going to say no, but I don't think that's the end all of punishments. I think more is coming. But I think they're going to start with you're off the sidelines for the rest of the regular season. So I'll say no. He won't be on the sideline. What do you think? God, it sure seems like it's leaning that way with some of this reporting that's going. Because um, this can't be the only punishment they hand out, can it? Uh, I think that's what they're going to try to do. 
See, we did something. Right. Look at us. We did something. We suspended him. And they're so their team is so good that they were able to win without their head coach. That, I think that's the goal here by the Big Ten. Not to look soft and to, and to dole out some sort of punishment, yet also not eliminate Michigan on their own accord from the playoff, from the Big Ten title game. Yeah. If this happens to do it, and, and see, can't and he, make everybody happy, Big Ten. Yeah, but here's the thing: it, they 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 they're trying to. I know this is their That's goal. The thing. You can't because do this. now they can look at those. Now they can look at Penn State. Now they can look at Ohio State in a couple of weeks. Look at them and go, listen, guys. We gave you an opportunity to beat that team without their head coach on the sideline, and it's your fault you couldn't do it. So we're going to take those Wolverines right to uh, Indianapolis and hopefully dead on to the playoff. And while uh, and and you know and trying that as the the thing that kind of smooths it over around the nation. See, we did something. We acted. We were proactive. We even did. We even suspended Jim Harbaugh before the season was over. Who else is doing that? Nobody else would have even done that. So since we were so awesome by suspending him, it's okay that they won those games and they had those signs. And He's going to coach in the Big Ten title game, trying to get in the playoff. That's what I think is happening. Yep. Kind of a, yeah, we did it, but we really didn't do what people wanted us to do at the end of the day. Yeah, I don't think so. I, th- I think he's – Let's ask this question again at the end of the year. Will he be the head coach at Michigan uh-uh. next year? I don't think so. I don't think so either. I don't think he wants to be either. I uh, think he's ready to say right, – Or, I'm or, out. or. He gets away with this, and they win the national title, and he gets a brand-new contract, an extension for however many millions and millions of dollars, and then he feels literally bulletproof against anything that could possibly happen to him in the college game. Ooh. He would need a uh, bulletproof vest on away games if that happened. I, he I, would be enemy number one. Oh, they are. That's it's an interesting He'd be kind like of Vince McMahon back in the day, <laughs> him versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. He would. Everybody would. Oh, it'd be bad. I think, and he would embrace it like Vince McMahon did. You know, he I, would embrace that. Doesn't it seem like their team is? Yeah, they're the university is. Yeah. Like, hey, you. I mean, they a sent a letter they, to the Big Ten yes. saying, "Don't you dare get us in trouble." How brass is that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Whatever you do, you can't do anything to us. We're Michigan. That's like when you're if if you ever get like. You heard that you're about to be indicted or something. You send a letter to the DA. Yeah, you, I, let me remind you, you can't do this to me. Don't on, you know who I am? Exactly. That's the pompous <laughs> attitude Michigan has. Do you know who I am? Don't you? I mean, don't you. you know. Well, it's not even not don't you. It's yeah. you know who I am. Yeah. <laughs> you, whatever you do, you are not. Yeah. They got pulled over drunk, and they're trying to talk themselves out of, do you know who I am? Yeah, I've seen that one before. <laughs> So yeah, I I, I think it's an interesting mindset that his team has adopted because of this, going into the first game against a ranked opponent, all season long for Michigan. They'll have two out of the last three, uh, with with that being the case this week at Penn State, uh, in two weeks hosting Ohio State. Do you think? Do, do you sense? A lot of times these things either galvanize a team or they kind of are distractions. <clears throat> 
to this point, it doesn't seem like this has been much of a distraction to his guys. But they've also been playing nobody. And, it, and, and can this be enough of a distraction? Especially, I mean, think of this scene. They're, at, they're, they're in Detroit at the airport about to take off at 1 o'clock this afternoon. Hmm. And all of a sudden... The pilot over the uh, over the speaker is like, uh, "Excuse me, before we take off, <laughs> Coach Harbaugh, you're wanted up at the captain's chair." And then they like escort him off the plane, <laughs> and all the players on one side of the plane are looking out the windows, going, "Where's Coach going? Where's he headed?" Or the flight attendants go, "The exit coach is over yeah, there. Yeah, the exit is over, over there. there by the wings." <laughs> and, and then all of a sudden, Chris Farley comes about and uh, <laughs> bye bye. <laughs> Was it him? I can't remember yeah, who it was. Where he wasn't put it? all those children's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah, that's good. But I think what Michigan, they're kind of taking a page out of the Houston Astros book where they're just embracing it and they're still going to win. Yeah. Could, right, like, very like well just could like be. galvanizing the team, like, hey, it's the world against us. Everyone thinks, everyone hates us now. So let's go out there and just beat them. You know, you know it's a bad deal. And that people are upset about it. When we get a text, just like we just did, I hope Penn State beats the brakes off of Michigan. I don't want Penn State to win a football game ever again after what they did. True. But people, but it's been a long enough time ago to where now it's like, all right, let's go Penn State. Even though you uh, sanduskied the whole yeah. Yeah. child population mm. of Happy Valley. Mm. Yeah, that's kind of unforgivable. You're, but it is that way. It's it's long enough back. It's kind of one. It's, well, it's like, you know, or there's this phrase like, "Well, I wish both teams would lose." You yeah, know? this is this could <laughs> that's be one of those phrases. This could be a meteor game where you <laughs> yeah. hope the meteor strikes the <laughs> yeah, stadium. Yeah, yeah. No, that's yeah. on the field though. Can Penn State can Penn State beat Michigan? Yeah, I think so. I think they can. Um, they're still a good football team, but I mean. That wasn't necessarily a blowout loss to Ohio State. They just looked inept on offense. I think they can put it together and beat Michigan, sure. Will they? No. I don't think so either. No, I don't. I think it will be very similar to how they played Ohio State. I think it's Michigan, Ohio State in any order than everybody else. I was high on Penn State at the beginning of the year, mm-hmm, leading too. up to Ohio State, to the Ohio State game. But then that happened. I thought, what are you doing, Jared? They do this every year. They can't get out. They can't get past Ohio State, forever Ohio State, and now Ohio State and Michigan. So, yeah, what was that stat? They're now one and nine in in uh, James Franklin's ten years against Ohio State, and they're three and six going into yeah. this game against Michigan. Yeah, it's just, so he's at least had a little bit of success against the well, Wolverines, yeah, but, but the Wolverines Michigan haven't is, been the team that yeah, Ohio State's been. They were down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Michigan was, and they appear well for whatever reason now better than what they have been. And it's still Michigan, you know. Eventually, those blue bloods come back and get back to the top. So I, until that trend is bucked, I'm not going to pick Penn State to beat one of those two teams ever again until I see it with my yeah, own eyes. Yeah, I know. That's I'm the same way. I think Michigan wins this game, and yeah. I, they, I think could, they, I think it'd be fun. I think it's going to be close. See, I think it could be pretty or convincing. You win. think it's going to be the other way? Just yeah. to kind of shove well, it in, in everybody's face. It's in Happy Valley, and I'm just going to go ahead and guess it's a whiteout game. Well, it's in 11 a.m. What a disservice to yeah. the fans at, at Penn State. Whiteout game at Penn State is awesome Especially at night. Especially at night. Yeah. Yeah, it's such a tough – I mean, this, it's just the TV world we live in. Well, I'm not crying for anybody who has to play at 11 well, a.m. I'm not. I understand. Not. But just like when you get upset about a certain OU game being that early – this one's a perfect example of why you're getting upset because it's such a cooler atmosphere for college football 
when you've got a whiteout at Penn State under the lights. Yep. And unfortunately, that's not what we're going to get. <laughs> so, sidebar here, funny note. Uh, I'm planning my weekend because I got to take Katie to basketball and stuff. And I was looking, we got the schedule. I'm thinking, okay, well, I could watch that. No, I can't watch. I got to be on the road for something. It's just, I'm just so, so trained now that every OU game's at 11 a.m. Mm-hmm. So I, th- and I, wait a minute, they don't play till six. They don't play till six. Yeah. Uh, elsewhere around the country, give uh, Mark Stoops any chance at Al- against Alabama? No. It is in Lexington. No. It is at home. No, they've had their test against Georgia and failed. I don't know. Alabama is on a on a mission here to continue to win and continue to be in that conversation uh, for the playoff. They're, they're not uh, – I don't give them a chance. Sorry. I love Kentucky. I love Mark Stoops. He's doing great things. But it's it, – Alabama is peaking – I mean, they're getting. It feels like they're getting better each game, right? Yeah, mainly Milrow. Yeah, and that defense, that Alabama defense is good. I don't care if it's in Lexington. That doesn't strike fear into me. Yeah, probably not. Washington. It does if you're playing basketball, but not football. What do you think, Washington? Can Utah slow them down enough to can Can Utah score enough to win? That's the question. That's right? the question. You think that the they Utah defense sl- will slow them down a little bit, but can the Utah offense keep up? Even at a slower pace of what Washington's used to scoring, I don't see it. the The offensive side, I think they'll slow down Washington's offense, but Washington still has, in my opinion, the leading candidate for the Heisman Trophy in Penix Jr. and he'll make plays to win. Tennessee, Mizzou. That's kind of a fun game we didn't see coming. I do like Mizzou. Mizzou's pretty good. What Tennessee's like a two point, two and a half point favorite, maybe three. I thought I saw yesterday, like two. 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 That's what this says, yeah. Yeah, I'll take Missouri at Faroe Field. In fact, I think I picked them in our college football pick'em contest. The Western Oklahoma really. By the way, that congratulations one, yeah. to Tyler and Amber. That's right. Another child. Five of them. Five children. That would be called a litter. He has a whole basketball team. <laughs> he does. He does. Jerry. Jerry Harrison, wasn't that the name? I think it was Jerry, wasn't it? I'm I, pretty sure. I I, don't, I saw the post. I, I the name I can't remember. Cute kid, looked healthy and looked like all the all the siblings were happy. It looked looked like mom was healthy. So if you're George Ann, are you happy it's another boy? That way you can be the only girl. Oh, absolutely. She'll she'll realize how lucky she is. Got four brothers. Jerry Philip Harrison. Yeah, Jerry. I said I knew it was Jerry. I couldn't Jerry. remember the middle. Yeah. No, she'll she'll realize how lucky because she will get all the special attention being the only girl and all the protection from her big brothers. From yeah, her I brothers. think I, I think that's the best the best thing for her was that like, yeah. it'd be in Jerry and not Jerry with a R R Y and Jerry not with an E R I. How about that? Yeah. Yeah, congrats congrats to Tyler and, and Amber and, and the kiddos as well. I bet you they'll be watching tonight. I, I normally wrong. do. I was wrong. Tennessee, Missouri is not in our pick'em. It is not in our ten games there. Um, I'll tell you what. Let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk about the two state schools. Interesting mindsets for both of them, and how they can react after Bedlam last week, and what's ahead or not ahead for each of the schools in the state. And quickly, are we going to do our four A semi? Oh yeah, we forgot. We'll do that too. Man, lots still to do. I know. One segment. <laughs>
We'll be back on Garrison Financial Friday. Hello, my name is Scott Garrison. You may remember me as Scott the Barber or just as Ron and Carla's son. I've been involved in our community since opening Scott's Barbershop on the southeast corner of 3rd and Main in 1998. Now I'm back in the same building as Garrison Financial. I started investing in my 20s. I invested through the dot-com crash and the Great Recession. I started caring for other people's money in 2018, and I truly enjoy sitting down with my clients, understanding their wants and needs, as well as what keeps them up at night. Whether my friends just want me to invest a little of their savings or want me to work with their tax and legal professionals to strive towards optimal efficiency, we can do it all. I believe communication is key to helping my clients reach their goals. For if we are faithful over a few things, we shall be given more. Contact me at scott at soonerwealth.com. Securities offered through registered representatives of Cambridge Investment Research, Inc., a broker, dealer, member, FINRA, and SIPC. Advisory services offered through Cambridge Investment Research Advisors, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Garrison Financial and Cambridge are not affiliated. This communication is strictly intended for individuals residing in the states of Colorado, Nevada, Oklahoma, and Texas. No offers may be made or accepted from any resident outside the specific states referenced. Cambridge does not offer tax and legal advice. The Skinny on Sports. Welcome back. Skinny on Sports, 98.1 FM, the Sports Animal, wrapping up a Garrison Financial Friday, wrapping up the week that is here on the show. Real quick, Jared, OU and OSU, the mindset of those two teams and kind of where it's at, I think is really interesting going into the two games that they have. Oklahoma State on the road at UCF, coming off five straight wins, and of course, uh, last week's triumph in Bedlam. How hard is it going to be for this team to get up to play UCF, a team that is coming off their only conference win a week ago? Well, the coach speak is it shouldn't be hard at all knowing what you have in front of you. You know, using that, go keep this streak going. Using the Bedlam win to springboard you throughout the rest of the season. So it shouldn't be hard, but uh, I can see the distraction. I can see the the hangover of Bedlam uh, and overlooking a team uh, that – you know, in all intents and purposes, has trouble stopping the run. You think, well, this should be easy because Ollie Gordon's the best running back in the nation. We should just run all over these guys. And but they still have an offense you're going to have to contend with. I, I think they have a, a fairly decent offense that uh, OSU's defense better be ready for. So uh, I would hope they're not look overlooking them. There's, but for all those reasons I said, I, I don't think they will. I think Gundy's smart enough to go, guys. We have a chance here to do something special we can't fumble pardon the pun the chance uh in orlando against this team so i don't think they'll overlook it but there is a chance of it do you think they'll stumble do you think they'll i think stumble would, out of the gate slow and have see, to win late now or? that would be the interesting thing because you think about the style of play that they that they want to employ and it works great as long as you don't get way behind as long as you don't get behind mm-hmm. And if there is a little bit of a hangover, I actually, I know we talked about this earlier this week, and the, and the more, you know, it seemed like the buy for Oklahoma coming off the Texas win was the perfect time to get a buy. In retrospect, I don't think that's true. I think Oklahoma got a whole week of getting glad, getting told how good they were, getting a whole fill of rat poison, and it's carried over through the next three games. I think it's great for Oklahoma State to get right back out there and, and play a team that it's, it, it, you know, it's, it's not Kansas State, it's not Texas, but it's a team that if you watch the film and you can watch the, that, especially that offense, Mike Gundy can get their attention. Go, listen, boys, if you don't get down there and you don't strap it on and get ready to go, this team can beat you, and here's how. And, you know, and being able to show. So I, I, I do think – you know, the, the, the first part of the game, I'm not saying Oklahoma State can't come back, 
but it's sure a lot easier when they don't have to with the style that they want to play. And then, you know, how much, you know, if they do fall behind 14-3 at the end of the first quarter, how much of a of a, oh, a temptation is it to go away from Ollie to get back in the game quick? Yeah. And then that could create issues when you're not doing what you're best at. I think the good news is, is Bowman's played really well. I think there's a lot more. He trust. hasn't turned it over. Right. That's what he has. Even in, even in games where he hasn't been spectacular, he hasn't made mistakes. Right. And that's you know that, that may be the secret sauce to OSU. I, I think Oklahoma State's going to win. I do think it could be close though, because John Reese, uh, John Rice Plumley, we've seen him make plays at Ole Miss. We've seen him make plays at UCF at the quarterback spot, and Malzahn is just man. It seems like he's kind of a wizard at times coming up with something for for an opponent like this when when his team is not a huge underdog but clearly I think the underdog Mm -hmm. so it's a it's a tricky it's a lot trickier game now than I think we thought it was you know three weeks ago because of of UCF getting more healthy especially at the quarterback spot what do you think Oklahoma's mindset is well you'd hope it'd be like Drake's mindset where there's still something to play for and that's just for your university you know, finishing your career out if you're if you're a guy like Drake in his last year and stuff like that, and and you know, there I I think I kind of hinted at it earlier. Um, there's how many games left? Uh, there's this three. one. There's three. I mean, there's there's a chance to end on a high note, get to a nice bowl, hopefully get a bowl win, and then see what that can do springboard you into the next season too. Uh, it kind of mirror, not exactly, but kind of the same thing like Florida State. In that cheese it bowl where they they were all talk was they go in this game they win and oh look at next year this is going to top five team next year because of what they get back well with you know obviously Jackson Arnold I'm not saying start him and, and just play for next year but there's potential for uh, good things next year if they have that mindset of you know there's still something to play for so you would hope that what Drake Stoops said is uh, echoing throughout the locker room and everyone else is thinking that way. I mean, is it really that far-fetched to believe that Kansas and Texas could both lose a game here down the stretch and Oklahoma and Oklahoma State play in the Big 12 title game? I don't think that's that that's out, that outlandish at all. No, not, not. Kansas still has to play Kansas State. Texas has TCU, TCU this week, which, by the way, what if, we, if there's a deficiency in Texas's defense, what is it? It's pass defense. Well, TCU is the best pass offense in the conference, in the conference play in the Big 12. They're also the best pass defense in the conference play in the Big 12, which that kind of – if there, if there's a team that kind of – its strengths mirror Texas's – not weaknesses, but a, a way to combat what they do, TCU sure, sure seems like that. Mm-hmm. And at nine at Fort Worth, I mean, that – I don't – nobody would be shocked, but then even then, then the Horns have to go to Iowa State next week. Would anybody be shocked if Iowa State beat, beat Texas? Now, no. it does uh, – for all intents and purposes, it looks like yours is back. Yeah, they've already announced. He yeah, will so, be so it sure looks like he's back, and so that uh, that that's that's what you that's the motivation, right? Mm-hmm. That, that's that's how if you're Venables, you say, "Here's how it. Here's why we got to get up and go beat this West Virginia team that's been pretty good," and that is because if Texas and if Kansas stumble, we'll be right there to be the one that gets rewarded. That simple. There's some. There's still a there's big. That, there's still yeah. a Big Twelve title game to play for. Now, whether or not that works or not, I couldn't tell you. But I think that's the obvious way to get the team ready to go. Plus, it's a night game in Norman. Those don't happen very often over the past no. decade. They yeah. just don't. 
So maybe that helps out as well. All right, let's go back to the, the high school. I skipped right over that part. In 4A, give me your semifinals, finals, and your state champion. All right, I'll start with, I will put Poto in there with Blanchard. And in the other semifinal, I will put Ada in there with Wagner. My state championship game, I think we've seen, seen this path with these two teams all season long. I think Wagner and Poto play. And give me Wagner in a classic. All right, I've got Wagner and Clinton in one semifinal. I've got Poto and Cushing in the you other got semifinal. Cushing. I've got Cushing. Uh, they're, they've been kind of a surprising team to me after what they lost off that team and the way that season ended, just total heartbreak. They've bounced back really nicely. Uh, Poto, Wagner. I'll take Wagner also. I want to pick Poto so bad. I do too. I want to pick him so bad, I just can't do it. I mean, almost, I'm, I want to pick Blanchard so bad just because I want to feel smart because I think they're my underdog. Apoto just they just look good all year long. They've they have it, it's an interesting thought though. For I mean obviously Elk City has to win tonight and, or none of this matters. But even even say for either team tonight, the winner of, of Elk City Newcastle is going to immediately be thought of as this huge underdog. Yeah. Well, you know who else was a big giant underdog two years ago for a team from the west uh, from the east side of the state that everybody thought was great and was rolling up numbers. Who's that? Elk City. That's right. Went to Grove, and kind of after the first quarter, I think you and I were looking around, going, "We're way better than that." Oh yeah. <laughs> I don't know that that's the. I'm not saying that's the case, but there's all you, when you when you're that far away from each other, you know, mm-hmm, you mm-hmm, really mm-hmm. don't know until it ha- you, until you, you know you get you on the field, strap it up and go. Yeah. And, and a year ago, I, I don't know that that was some sort of vintage Clinton team that went over there. What was that? A two three overtime game. With Poto? Yeah, with the, I think, a chance to win it or can put, force it into another overtime. Yeah, something like remember. that. Anyhow, but it, all, yeah. it starts tonight. Have to win tonight, and you don't have to worry about Warehouse Willies and Poto, Oklahoma. You're ready to go. I want to go to Poto. <laughs> I do. I don't know why, but I do. All right, Big Elk TV tonight, 6.15 pregame, 7 o'clock kick for the Elks in Newcastle. Hollis and OBA, 7 o'clock Paragon TV. Have a great weekend. You've been listening to the Skinny on Sports podcast with Aaron Cow. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to get alerts of when the latest podcast is available. Thanks for listening. That ball is blistered.